Hello. Hello. And welcome to our 52nd episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we are bringing a doozy for you. I love a good doozy. I had to bring in doozy since this is like our unofficial slash official year celebration. <laughs> yes. I practice this noise. Ready? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I I'm literally practice <laughs> to make sure I can sound beep, like beep, <laughs> Or I might sound like the Blues Clues dog. I don't know. <laughs> I'm dying. I love that. <laughs> this is what goes on in my head. <laughs> Same, though, honestly, so. Well, folks, thanks for joining us for this episode. I actually had a lot of fun with, I say fun, it's like, it's not fun, but I had a lot of fun looking up this case because I actually had never heard of it before until recently, and this is one where not only am I presenting you all with the information, but Sydney has not done any research, she doesn't even know what we're covering today, and I am <laughs> so excited about it. Uh, Peyton so asked me before. Blind react. <laughs> Peyton asked me before this. She's like, "Did you did you look at anything honestly though?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't even know what we're covering. Like, I didn't even look at the sheet to go back and double check. Like, I'm bringing myself to this experience. I don't have a notepad. I don't have a notebook. It's just me I in the closet. This. So I get to paint a picture for everyone." Hopefully, I do this story some justice, and yeah, I think, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we dive into the episode, or do we want to address anything at the end? Yeah, I don't think I have anything right now, if you want to <laughs> Sweet. jump right in. Awesome. If you ask most people who are interested in true crime who America's first serial killer was, they would tell you H.H. Holmes. In fact, until recently, that's also what I would have said. However, despite Holmes being marketed as America's first serial killer, roughly a century before he would commit his crimes, the Hart brothers terrorized the South during and after the American Revolution. Today, we will discuss the real first serial killers in America. So, preface this, I'm going to say it multiple times throughout this. Uh, not much is known. Like, it's, like, specific backgrounds, specific dates of crimes. Those are not known, <laughs> uh, including even, like, their birthdays. But I'm going to do my best to present as much information as I can. And when there's conflicting information, I'll tell you that too. So starting off, the eldest was born Joshua Harper sometime before 1768. It's estimated maybe 1748. But he was known as Micaijah. I'm just going to call him Big Harp because he was known as the Big Harp. <laughs> And then the younger one was born William Harper, again, sometime before 1770. Lots of the sources estimate maybe 1750, that they're only like two years apart. And he was known as Wiley Harp or Little Harp. With little documentation about their early lives, it, there's a lot of like differing information so the first theory is that the two could be brothers born in North Carolina, which at the time was a provenance of Great Britain, and they were born to Scottish parents who were considered loyalists and, like, loyal to the crown. This will be important later. <laughs> and the other major option is that the two could actually be first cousins who were born in Scotland and either came here very young or as teenagers to the North Carolina Providence area in about 1759 or 1760. No matter which is accurate, I am going to call them the Harp brothers or refer to them as the brothers. That's what they are known as in history. That's what they would tell people they were the Harp brothers. And so that's how I'm going to refer to them. But the two of them were considered Tories, which 
did a little brushing up on American Revolution, <laughs> the American Revolutionary War and its history. Uh, <laughs> so Tories were American colonists who supported the crown. They were against the revolution and in favor of Britain's reign in America. This is really an important part of their identity, as I said. The two held a lot of resentment towards American patriots, and supposedly they felt really persecuted most of their lives due to maybe some instances with their families and issues like their parents had with patriots. At some point in time, around the spring of 1775, the two left North Carolina and headed to Virginia to work on a slave plantation as an overseer. In case you were unsure, this is the really fucked up job that basically used to be held on plantations. This person is a manager of the enslaved people, essentially, giving them daily tasks and often enforcing punishments. Later on, it is confirmed that Big Harp traveled often in the company of two women, uh, Susan and either Betty or Betsy Roberts. They were referred to as sisters, but we'll discuss that later. And then Little Harp did have another woman, Sarah or Sally. And the only reason I include this is at some point in time, all three of these women give birth to children of Big and Little Harps. So the family life was not made for the Harps, <laughs> as they would quickly get involved in criminal activities, and uh, we'll actually see what their family life kind of looked like. It is not heavily documented where the Harp brothers were at the beginning of the American Revolution, but according to the accounts of Captain James Wood of the Continental Army, fun fact, he'd eventually become a governor of Virginia. The two brothers became involved in a Tory rape gang, which was in air quotes, in North Carolina. Essentially, it was believed when the war broke out, the men returned back to North Carolina and got involved in this gang that took advantage of the wartime, like, lawlessness, basically. And they would commit these, like, horrific crimes. They'd rape, steal, murder, and burn or completely destroy property. Specifically, the land of Patriot Loyalists. Or, yeah, well, Patriot supporters. So it's like the the original riots. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> I guess we don't just hor- horrifically rape people nowadays, but we still burn stuff and yes. steal things. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it's important to add that. Yes, I do appreciate that. I was, like, really surprised that's what they called them, um, but I guess these gangs were pretty common at the time. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, I mean, as unsavory as it sounds, I literally have this in a category called beginning crimes. So, <laughs> this is really, like, the start of their criminal and, like, crazy-ass behavior that is documented. But it's only going to get worse from here, so just keep that in mind. (laughs) The gang the two men were involved with took part in the kidnapping of three teenage girls. That is confirmed, with a fourth being rescued by Captain Wood himself. Supposedly, Captain James Wood actually shot one of the brothers when rescuing the girls, and they were fine. They ended up surviving no issues, but is as vengeance, Captain Wood's own daughter, Susan Wood, at one point later on, would be kidnapped and forced to be the wife of Big Carp. So, we'll get to that in a bit, but they considered themselves volunteers to the Loyalists. They were basically, like, unofficial military (laughs) And they had to survive by robbing, looting, and foraging battlefields, essentially. They often worked with the Loyalist military, but were not provided, like, a a military pay or uniforms or anything for this exchange. 
There were claims that the men and their gangs served with the Tory militia during the Battle of Kings Mountain, as well as the battles of Black Sox and Copens in 1780 and 1781. So they were, like, very involved in the Revolutionary War and not on the side that championed. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, interesting facts. After the British... Yeah, I mean, sore losers is what they were. Yes, yes. Because you'll see they don't want to give up that aspect. (laughs) Oh, God. So after the British lost their fight in Yorktown, the Harps dipped. They left North Carolina and decided to head to Tennessee with their Native American allies. At this time, the two became super involved and associated with the, and hopefully I say this right, I googled it, Chickamauga Cherokee, which was a division of the Cherokee natives. It would later be known as the Lower Cherokee. This is like they basically settled in Tennessee and like further south. And this group of the Cherokee was known for siding with the British. (laughs) So just so we're aware. The group headed for villages west of the Appalachian Mountains, where they'd end up living for roughly 12 to 13 years with this group in what is now like Chattanooga, Tennessee area. In this time frame, the men would kidnap both Maria Davidson, who would later become known as Betsy Roberts, and eventually Susan Wood. I mentioned the Betsy Roberts earlier, Susan, who would go by Susan Roberts, although that's a name that they went by and they claimed to be the, claimed to be sisters. It was actually just, like I said, group women that they had kidnapped and forced to be a part of the group, just like Susan, Maria, or Betsy, however you want her to be known as, I guess. It's, like, a really unsavory topic. Um, I mean, these women were treated horribly. They were brutalized. They were raped. They were held captive. They were forced into the role of wives for the Hart brothers. And both women would bear children at some point in time. We'll talk later on, but you'll see, like, some behavior of the women that also make you think, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Because eventually they do start, like... They're fighting on behalf of the Hart brothers and all of this crazy stuff. But after all these years with them, uh, they're pretty uh, brainwashed. Anyways, uh, yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) I feel like when you introduced them before, I was like, okay, so like they just have some friends. Like, whatever. Like, this is just like a little group of people. And now it's like, what the fuck? Oh, it's, it, I told you, when I started at the beginning of the crime, beginning crime section, I said, it's only going to get worse from here. <laughs> uh, they're considered, like, very vicious, very brutal. Like I said, we'll get to that a little bit. But this is just one of the many things, uh, why they were major pieces of shit. <laughs> so, here, living in Chattanooga on multiple points throughout the years, the Hart brothers fought against the Patriots with the Native people and Tory-backed militia or armed forces. One specific battle took place in Kentucky known as the Battle of Blue Licks. The Hart brothers fought with the Chickamauga Cherokee against an army of Patriots led by Daniel Boone, who they defeated at this battle. The frickin' Daniel Boone. I'm sure you've heard that name, right? Uh, oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, that's the only reason I included this, because, like, that's wild. <laughs> Small world, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Insane. So, in 1794, the Harps left the Indian village and headed to what is the Knoxville area now. It's just like a fun little side note that when they left this area, within days of them leaving, the village was stormed by Patriot troops and, like, burned down. (laughs) And somehow the Harps caught wind of this is going to happen. And instead of giving a heads up to their friends of 
these natives that they were living with and who accepted them, they just dipped and left them to be attacked. So, you know, great people. Not even beneficial to be on their side. (laughs) Once in Knoxville, they stole food and supplies from locals. And that's a, a... and this is potentially when they officially became the Harp Brothers instead of Harper. I think, as I mentioned before, their original surnames were Harper. But apparently it was like a very common loyalist last name. And so it's thought that they changed it to Harp to try and like throw people off that they weren't supporters of the crown. Things seemed quiet for a bit, and then on June 1st, 1797, Little Harp married Sarah Rice, which was recorded in the county's marriage record, and things would go downhill from here. Now, at this point, they have three wives that they are forcing into their circle, and like I said, the first two would bear children, as well as Sarah, who also was known as Sally. They all had aliases. I probably won't mention all of them multiple times, uh, but just wanted to clarify because it gets confusing when you're reading information if you look it up on the wives. I know you're probably sitting there like, Peyton, you've told us these men are serial killers and all these like brutal, awful things are coming, uh, but we've heard of nothing like that yet. But that's li- that's exactly what I was thinking. See, I had to lay the groundwork so you understood the background. Uh, <laughs> and now we're going to dive into how it escalates. Now, please keep in mind, not all of the details of victims or crimes are thoroughly detailed due to the lack of records. So I'm going to do my best to list out the information we have, which unfortunately a lot comes from the men themselves. There are not dates. Sometimes I'll be lucky to include a month in a year. (laughs) Uh, And then if I have a first and last name, that's amazing. I don't even have cities where these happen most of the time. So I'm just going to do my best. (laughs) And then also, the legend of the harps was, like, very big in Tennessee and Kentucky for a long time. So... A lot of information that I read, it like tried to clarify that a lot of what people know are legends and it's not the truth. And that a lot of like articles that come out are mixed with both. So I'm doing my best here, but we're going to just kind of dive on in. (laughs) At some point in 1797, the Harps would begin their spree throughout Tennessee, Kentucky, Illinois, and Mississippi. The men would later confess to the murders of roughly 28 people, but investigators believed it was actually more than 50. Also, it is believed their first official murder did take place prior to when they were traveling to Tennessee in the first place to meet up with the Cherokee people. Supposedly, a member of their group seemed a little too interested in the well-being of the women. The Harps didn't like how this man, Moses Doss, seemed concerned about their wives, and so they killed him. However, it's not the first official murder they're credited with. The first one's actually while they were living near Knoxville, The men were ran out of town after being charged with stealing pigs and horses. They were also accused at this time, but never officially charged with the murder of a man named Johnson. Johnson was found in a river covered in urine and ripped open with his chest cavity filled and weighed down with stones. Ripped open? I mean, he was, like, disemboweled. Like, they, they, his chest was ripped open and everything was pulled out. <gasps> this corpse disposal method would become, like, kind of a signature for them. <laughs> so, they had no problem just, like, really butchering anyone. And they really did not discriminate who that was. <laughs> I don't like that. 
Yeah, I'll mention which ones are found like that, but it does help like later on to link some of these like for investigators to link. That's why they think there's more than 50 <laughs> because it was easier with that kind of signature to link to the brothers. After leaving Knoxville, the men headed into like southern Kentucky and stayed near the Cumberland Gap. Here they're believed to killed, have killed a peddler named Peyton. Side note, thought it was kind of fucking cool that the name Peyton was around in the late 1700s. Didn't know that. <laughs> um, but that's the only cool part of that. They killed the peddler and they took his horse and some of his goods. So despite robbing some of their victims... Not all times would it be motivated by money. And later on, people who studied the Hart brothers and like this case throughout the decades and centuries would basically just say they really killed for the bloodlust. Some people classify them as spree killers, but their killings went on for the span of years. So sometimes they went on like mini sprees, but then sometimes they wait. It's like very unorganized (laughs) later that year they killed two travelers from maryland named paca and bates and that's honestly as much detail as most of the murder victims will get unfortunately moving forward some of them i'll have a little more information like this next one they killed a man named either John or Stephen Langford, not sure which one's the correct first name, and he was traveling from Virginia to Kentucky. He actually offered to help the two men and their currently three pregnant wives through the Cumberland Gap by paying for meals, and they returned the favor by killing him and robbing him. At this time, a local innkeeper who had seen the Hart brothers around this man pointed police to them, and they were actually caught and jailed. But it did not last long. (laughs) The men escaped, and they left their pregnant wives behind. A search ensued, and volunteers went out looking for the men along with the authorities, but they would not find the men. Instead, a son of one of the volunteers would be found dead and mutilated the way the harps were known to do. So the three women that were jailed all ended up giving birth in the jail. (laughs) And then they all faced charges on the murder for John or Stephen Langford. Two were acquitted. One was convicted, but it was, like, immediately overturned. And so all three women were let go pretty quickly. They would actually leave this place and head back to this location in Kentucky where they would meet up with the brothers and flee from there. By 1799, the Kentucky governor placed a bounty on the heads of the Hart brothers. $300 a brother, which is roughly about like $6,900 today for each brother. Unfortunately, it would not stop the harps just yet. I have a fun fact section that I was going to mention this, but I figured I'd include it now because it's about this. (laughs) Um, So there are like no pictures of the Hart brothers, (laughs) obviously. It was in the 1700s so and they weren't like famous or rich so they aren't getting their picture taken or portraits of themselves but when the kentucky governor issued this bounty for each of them they gave a physical description i did not include the clothing because it didn't really matter oh what they were last seen wearing because who cares they're not wearing that anymore So, Makaja, Makaja, I don't know which one, Harp, known as Big Harp, was about six feet tall, looks about in his early 30s, has an ill-looking downcast countenance, which is like a facial expression. So, basically, he has like 
a downcast facial expression the whole time. Does not look happy ever. Resting bitch face. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> he has black and short hair, but it does in the front go down to like his eyebrows. And he was described as having a full face. <laughs> Wiley Harp, known as Little Harp, had a thin face with short black hair, not as curly as his brother's. He looked older of the two, despite being the younger one, and also had a downcast facial expression. Also, like, how shitty is it to be like, oh, by the way, you're the younger one, but you look way older. <laughs> right? Like, imagine Sucks seeing that. Like, they're trying to say that I look older than you? Literally. <laughs> so, when the men had fled the jail... And were running, you know, to get out of there. They killed two men named Edmonton and Stump. I don't know if these are nicknames. I don't know if they're last names or first names or some of each. (laughs) So if they're weird names, I'm sorry. This is all I have. After this, the group, because mind you, you, it's not just the two brothers. It's their three wives and, at this point, three children newborns and infants in tow they actually made their way to Caven rock and it's like the south of illinois before getting there they would find three men camped out and they killed and robbed them so Caven rock is over it's like a cave on the bluffs i'll have to include a picture over the Illinois side of the Ohio River. Does that sound accurate? <laughs> Illinois side of the Ohio River. Yeah. I don't right? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where where's the Ohio River? Like where does it go through? I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? Because like it's not Illinois doesn't touch Ohio. Maybe it's the Indiana side? No, they were in the Illinois. Illinois, so it's like the, yeah, 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 that would make sense. Because it's like the southern, southern Illinois is where the Ohio River's at, and like southern Indiana. Oh, I see it, I see it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Upper Kentucky. Yeah, because Cave in Rock is in Illinois. I don't know why it's not giving me a picture now. But yeah, Cave in Rock is still a location. There is still Cave in Rock Ferry. And there's like a state park off the Ohio River in Illinois. I'm trying to see. Kind of by like Evansville. I don't know if that's like a known place. Like Evansville, Indiana? Yeah, yeah. It's so it's yeah. like on the border of like Indiana, Illinois, and like south close to um Kentucky, right there. They're all like that corner where they all touch. That's where our Willard Library was. Okay, so Caven Rock is like a big camp out for these brothers. <laughs> and okay. um I saw pictures. I can definitely see why it would be. It's definitely like a cave <laughs> in rocks <laughs> and it's very secluded. Like it looks like it would be hard to get the, up there. So it was considered a fortress of types for the then river pirate and gang leader, Samuel Mason. And Samuel Mason was in charge of the Samuel Mason gang. <laughs> They actually willingly allowed the Hart brothers, their wives, and the three kids to join them. This gang was known to be ruthless in the area. They were preying on slow-moving flatboats and would rob them. But they were reportedly appalled by the Harp brothers. The brothers started repeatedly taking travelers they were robbing to the top of the bluff forcing them to strip naked, and then the brothers would push them off. After realizing this was becoming a ha- like a habit for them, Samuel Mason would no longer let them be involved and force the brothers to leave. 
which I was like, shit, this river pirate is like, we don't want anything to do with you. You're too crazy for us. Which is saying some shit. Yes, because Um, Samuel Mason was a wanted man. He had a bounty on his head as well. (laughs) I don't want to deal with you. You guys are too crazy. That's fucked up. I'm still all fired up that there's pirates in the rivers. Oh, yeah. River pirates? Come on. Back in the day? I'm surprised about about the Ohio River, but I guess it could be massive. Like, the Mississippi River had river pirates. I know that. I guess I never really thought about it. Wild, right? (laughs) Super crazy. So, these river pirates kick them out of their gang, want nothing to do with them. So, the men left with their families, and families in air quotes, because obviously, as I mentioned, this isn't like a real family. They headed back to East Tennessee and continued on with their killings, which honestly only became more frequent. They killed a farmer named Bradbury, a man named Hardin, and a boy named Coffee all in the summer of 1798. Other bodies were also discovered linked to the the brothers. The body of William Ballard was found disemboweled and disposed of in the Holston River. A man named John Tully was found. And a man named James Brassel was found with his throat slashed on Brassel's knob nearby where one of the Hart brothers' camps were. There's also John Graves and his teenage son found dead with their heads axed completely in Kentucky, which was attributed to the Harps. And then also in Kentucky, the Harps killed a little girl at random. A young slave they came across by bashing his head in a tree. And an entire family they found asleep in their camp. The Harps did not discriminate who they killed, not by gender, race, age, or even their familial status to them. In the summer of 1799, while the men were living in Kentucky, Big Harp would bash the skull of his infant daughter against a tree because her constant crying was annoying him. Ironically, when he would confess to his crimes, this would only be the only crime he would show any remorse for. I was waiting for something internal to happen. Yeah. I was not expecting him to be remorseful, but I mean, I was waiting. I was waiting. I who was like, knows, he's going to kill but... somebody close. Uh, yeah, I'm honestly props to you because when I was doing this research, I did not accept, expect to like stumble across that and I read that and I was like what the fuck I was thinking it would have happened like sooner like when you were I don't know like seven killings ago honestly I mean you'd think but like that they started that way or something yeah you would think so the vicious murders did not end here after this And that same month after the incident with his infant daughter, that was just really fucking awful. A man known as Trowbridge would be found in Highland Creek, also disemboweled, which was then attributed to the men. From here, they decided to leave and were given shelter at the Stigall home in Kentucky when they were on their way to travel somewhere. I'm not sure the location of where they were heading. But the pair killed an overnight guest by the name of Major William while staying in the home. Oh, Major William Love. (laughs) Sorry. And then they also slit the throat of Mrs. Stigall's four-month-old baby boy when he cried. So, as I said, they didn't discriminate by age. Mrs. Stigall came in the room and discovered her son. Obviously, screaming was hysterical, and then she was also murdered. At the time, her husband was not home. After the Stigall murders, a group was organized to track down the Hart brothers, and that included Mr. Moses Stigall, who was seeking to avenge the death of his wife and son. 
The men were fleeing to the west to get away from this group, but on August 24, 1799, the men would be tracked down. The vigilantes would call for a surrender, and the men would try to flee. Big Harp was subsequently shot in the leg and in the back, and then was pulled down from his horse, and it said subdued with a tomahawk, which is like a lot, but basically he was like slowly bleeding out at this point. He was lying there dying, and he supposedly proceeded to confess to 20 murders, and this is where he also showed remorse for the death of the murder, I should say, of his infant daughter. Before Big Harp died, Moses Stakal <laughs> can't talk. Before Big Harp died, Moses Stagall cut off his head while he was still conscious. So he was still alive. And later it would be spiked on a pole at a crossroads near the Stagall cabin. What? Yes. What? He beheaded him while he was slowly bleeding out and, like, slowly dying and was like, eh, I'm going to slowly cut off his head. It did everything I said, said he slowly removed his head while he was alive to make sure he felt everything he could. Uh, I'm just picturing, like, blood squirting out. Oh, I'm sure it was messy. Those gory movies where all of a sudden there's just, like, squirting when they chop the... Where it looks fake. Yeah. Yeah, but it was pro- it was real blood, so. And then they just plop it on a pole somewhere between some cross streets. It's, like, wild to me because you hear stories and, like, I you never watch Game of Thrones, right? No. Sorry, I muted myself. Uh, and then I couldn't <laughs> find the button. Um, So, I've seen, like, the beginning and then, like, some random episodes because my boyfriend watched it, but I haven't seen it, like, all the way through now. Okay, so, in, like, Game of Thrones, I feel like it's normal to see a head on a pool. In, like, medieval times, I feel like it's normal to see <laughs> a head on the pool. Even, like, I guess to think about it, though, like, King Louis and all that, that was in the 1700s. Like, that wasn't... <laughs> I guess it's true. That's true. But it's it's fucking wild. <laughs> I have a fun fact that comes back to this head on the pole near the Stigall cabin. So stay tuned. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so even though Big Harp died, Little Harp was able to escape during this whole altercation with him. So that probably allowed him to live a lot longer. After escaping, he actually made his way back, ironically, to Caven Rock and rejoined the Mason Gang Pirates without his brother. Four years later, he was going under the alias of either John Sutton or John Sutton when the gang was rounded up. He He successfully escaped, as well as the leader, Samuel Mason, but Mason did get shot when they fled. Later on, Samuel Mason would die, but it's unclear if that's due to the gunshot wound or if Little Harp just finished him off and killed him. Either way, Harp, under his alias, and another member of the pirate gang, Peter Alston, under his alias, decided it was a good idea to take Samuel Mason's body in to try and claim the bounty on him, which was obviously for dead or alive. However... (laughs) When the men presented Mason's head as proof, the two of them were recognized as outlaws themselves and were immediately arrested. I literally have in my notes talk about the dumbest criminals. I'm dying. I feel like like people still do that shit, though. If you're a wanted man and you have a bounty on your head and there are posters with your face on it, why would you go go into an office or, like, wherever... To try to claim a bounty on someone else. I mean... At the time, you had to, like, go in front of a judge or something. Yeah, like, it was a whole ass, like, process. Yeah. It's not like you just went into the police station and were like, hey, I have this head here for you. It was, like, a whole process because they needed somebody to, like, identify it. Like, or X amount of people had to say. And that's, like, 
that's like if you ever watch like western movies and they were trying to like collect a bounty or something and they'd have to like travel yeah, yeah cities with it and it's because they had to make it to like a judge and there wasn't a judge in every city like what the fuck <laughs> it was a little crazy these idiots so they were arrested both men would briefly escape but they'd actually be recaptured very quickly this time they were tried and sentenced to death by hanging and just a fun fact the two men were found guilty of piracy. <laughs> that was the only charge they actually faced. So neither the Hart brothers were ever sentenced or convicted for any murders. In January of 1804, Wiley Harp was finally hanged in Mississippi. And his head was cut off and placed on a stake as a warning to other outlaws in Mississippi. <laughs> So both of them had their heads staked. What the fuck? <laughs> what do they do with the head then? Do they just keep it there forever until, until the skull? Like, yeah, I guess. So supposedly I read this whole like theory Ooh. and like witchcraft in this location in Mississippi where Little Harp's Little Harp's head was, and supposedly like witches stole his head and. And gra- like once it was a skull and like grounded it up into powder and made it into a potion or some shit. I what? have no idea. Because supposedly they insulted the witches in that area at one point in time. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened to it. But my fun fact is the place where Big Harp's head was spiked and shown off at is still to this day known as Harp's Head Road State Historic Site. What the fuck? Is there a yep. pool there? I have no idea. I gotta I'm gonna have to look into this after this. <laughs> um, so the only other like piece of real information besides like some fun facts is that after Big Harp was killed and Little Harp fled, the three well- women and the two children that were left who were held as captives were freed. Uh it seemed like at first they were taken to a courthouse to kind of like they thought they were also criminals, but eventually they would be freed to live very normal lives after this. All three would end up remarrying and moving on with their lives, mostly changing their names. Uh, and I think all three ended up going on to like have additional children and live, like I said, very normal lives. So that's good. <laughs> At least that's like, I don't want to say a happy ending, but you know. Um, in 2015, the ID show Evil Kin did air an episode about the Hart Brothers called Something Wicked in the Woods, which I thought was interesting. I did not watch it this time. And then <laughs> in 1956, Disney had a TV series called Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. <laughs> and the Hart Brothers are portrayed in the series. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> Why is Disney just letting the fucking pirates and the killers in? What the I hell? don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I have guess no idea. pirates is one thing, but like now we're just killing people and that's for the kids? I have literally no idea. But yeah, that's all I have of America's real first serial killers, the Harp Brothers. What the fuck did I just listen to? I told you it was a doozy. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And I feel like I need to like, I'm going to have to go back and not necessarily reread things. I think you did a really good job of explaining it, but now it's like, I want to see more. I want to know more, even though it's probably, it's very clear. I'm not going to find out anymore because it's, it's so like old. really hard. I, there are a couple books that I saw, but like, I didn't have a chance to really dig into any of the books. Sure. Um, one of the sources, oh, let's see, where it's, like, actually a relative of the Harps. Ooh. Um, who wrote the book. It's fucking, that's crazy, though, because it's, it's, like, there obviously is people that die all the time, and, like, there's, you know, I'm quoting this Abraham Lincoln podcast I listened to <laughs> yesterday. At the end, they go on a little spiel about, 
there's people that died everywhere like everywhere that you are people someone has died there there's people that was there before you yada 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 and like it's true but it's one of those things you don't really think about and like even for like by the Ohio River and like this cave that you're referring to like there's probably millions of people maybe not millions but like thousands of people that go there every single year if not more and don't even know like that all these people got like killed there or like in that area yes like it's crazy it's like one of those things where it's like they say that you pass everyone has passed a serial killer at one point so but like I don't know who the fuck they are it's just crazy so many I don't know it messes with your mind and that it was so long ago they don't have like a whole lot of information so did they find all of the bodies how are they finding these bodies that's what I want to know too like if they're so they're cutting them <laughs> open they're putting rocks inside of them right and then so they try to weigh them, them down in like rivers and stuff but they my guess is like they were like rivers and streams where people would still come across their bodies okay or well, animals that- so they didn't find all the bodies though because obviously they didn't link like they didn't have names for all 50 or any identification for all 50 or anything not even, it sounds like not even really half of them. Um, so it's kind of wild. Um, so they actually have two fun facts about descendants. So it's like a very big theory. So when some people, obviously I mentioned like Harper was a big loyalist name. So some people changed their last name going by Harp. And then, like, the brothers did, and theirs was H-A-R-P-E. And then some would just remove the E. Others changed it significantly. Uh, Someone who's unconfirmed, but it's a big belief that they actually were related to the Hart brothers, was Wyatt Earp. And it's (laughs) E-A-R-P. I didn't know who that was, so I Googled it. He is, like, super famous, like, Old West lawman including Dodge City, Deadwood, and Tombstone, and he took fight, like, or he took part in the gunfight at the OK Corral. (laughs) So he is another famous guy, but he's, like, that's, like, he was born, like, 100 years later, so it would have been, you know, Mm. way uh, later. And then E. Don Harp is probably the only Harp descendant to, like, openly acknowledge and write about the Hart brothers. This last article I have says that he actually has two books written. One was Born Wolf, Die Wolf, The Ra- Last Rampage of the Terrible Harps and Resurrection. Oh, wait. Terrible Harps and Resurrection, Rebirth of the Terrible Harps. Uh, he was writing a third one. And then it said that his short story, the true story of America's first serial killers, is probably as close to the truth that, like, anyone will ever get. Um, but I just, I couldn't find it anywhere to read it. So those are my fun facts. <laughs> uh, if you're feeling curious, feel free to give a listen or read <laughs> to any, if you can find audiobooks, hopefully, of E. Don Harp's <laughs> books. I'm sure I'll be doing further research on my own. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by this. Especially something that I've never heard of. Same! How fucking wild is this? How did you find this? How did you come across this? Honestly, I do the dumbest shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, same. So <laughs> For episode ideas, I'll be, like, Googling weird shit, like, fam- uh, not famous, but should be famous, or something Yo. like that. And I ended up stumbling across, like, random articles, and one of them was this. And I actually saw it on two different articles, and finally the second time I was like, who the fuck are these people? And I googled it, and I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. I'm glad I found it. It was, like I said, I had it on my list, and I was like, I gotta save this for a good time. I'm glad you found it, too. I feel like this is a piece of, like, you learn something new every day. Like... This is the the original serial killers. Yep. <laughs> it's fucked up. I gotta go do research now. I gotta go look things. You're I need welcome. to. I want pictures though. Maybe so there's <laughs> no pictures. Well, I'll send some pictures. So, um, 
some of the articles actually had pictures of Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. I don't uh, think it's, so. it's like this big, famous, like, hiking and tourist spot to go look at. And supposedly, I mentioned, like, the young slave they ran into who they bashed his head into a tree. Supposedly, they killed him right outside a mammoth cave. <laughs> wow. I'm just laughing because I'm uncomfortable. But I'll sh- I'll uh, we'll share as many pictures as I can find for this. I want to, I got to look at the road. I'm going to have to, like, look at the road on Google Maps. And I'm going to, like, take a drive down the road in my bed. <laughs> I do that constantly. It's a little weird, but I actually and I do that. Too. <laughs> I do it all the time. So that makes and, me feel better. And I'm gonna look for a fucking pole, and I'm gonna find a pole, and I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind, probably. Yeah, I mean, I just googled Harps Head Road. There's a sign at the corner. It says Frontier Justice. <sighs> Big Harps Head displayed here. You know how, like, when you're driving by, like a a historical site and they've got like a pole but it's like one of those old-fashioned signs yes that's that literally it yeah that's what it is like the roadside like yes it's a it's like roadside history or whatever because some of those things if have you ever stopped at those like randomly yes <laughs> so like i'm so I, weird <laughs> i don't feel like maybe maybe like a couple handful of times growing up i'd have to ask my mom but like there's one in Kenosha or like outside of Kenosha and I just like stopped one time like I had to have been in like high school and was like what the fuck and it's like some weird ass battle or something that took place and I was like I would have never known this if I didn't stop at this fucking <laughs> random ass thing like just right outside of town it's just in the middle of nowhere like not necessarily middle of nowhere but like middle of town like just big old sign yep those things are weird wow I actually um, just sent you the picture of what it is, too, so you can you can read it later if you want. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> so, moving on, I <laughs> offered something else to Sydney to do this episode. <laughs> yes, I'm literally so excited. So I'm so excited. I actually, folks, I brought the fact and the joke this time. I'm (laughs) I'm, thrilled. I'm so giddy. I actually looked these up, like, way before I was even done with my research, because I was like, they gotta be good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to ask you, what do you want first? (laughs) Uh, I don't know what's better. Well, I mean, I'd really like to save the joke for last because I think it's right, the best let's one. Do, let's but... do the fact. Let's do the fact. The best one. Let's do the fact first. Okay. Well, I actually really like this joke, and then you're gonna be like, "This is dumb." <laughs> Watch. I hope I can okay. guess it. <laughs> so, at one point in time, it was believed a margarita a day could keep the doctor away, or something like that. During the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, patients were instructed to drink tequila with lime and salt to ease their symptoms. Today, tequila isn't considered a cure, but it still might help soothe sore throats, ease congestion, and aid with sleep. Just like a hot toddy. Just make you forget how you were feeling (laughs) beforehand. I was like, that's fucking wild. <laughs> well, I know that what I'll be doing the next time I get sick. <laughs> Shots of <Drinking>. tequila. <laughs> yeah, just drinking margaritas in my kitchen. <laughs> minding my business. <laughs> it's a good fact. Good fact. Thank you. Thank I'm you. impressed. <laughs> okay, are you ready for this joke? It doesn't give you an opportunity to guess. Damn it. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> So a taco and burrito walk into a bar. (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) Oh, God. A taco and a burrito walk into a bar. The taco talks to the bartender. Meanwhile, the burrito stays silent and sips his drink. 
Then the bartender says, hey, why is he why is he so quiet? The taco replies, oh, sorry, I'm just a lot more open than he is. <laughs> Closed at the seam. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I <laughs> read to my boyfriend because I was like, is this is this funny to you or is this only funny to me? <laughs> And what did he say? He thought it was funny, so I went with it. <laughs> no, that is a good one. But he might have lied to me, so hopefully y'all think it's funny. <laughs> oh my god, I was so excited for that. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate it. Also, I have, like, an even more respect, like, newfound extra level up of respect <laughs> For you to find a joke and effect every week. Oh, my God. Props to you, Sid, because... Dude, it's a pain in the ass. Let me tell I literally you. was like, this is difficult. Like, you got to filter through some of these. Yeah, because some of them are, like, pretty fucked up. Like, you can't... Yeah. Like, or they're just, like, way too, way, like, really bad. Or, like, they don't make sense. The facts are hard. The facts, the facts are, really are hard, hard because I was like... I was like, wait, I think Sydney's done this one. I think she's done this one. I think she's done this one. The fact that's where I'm at too. Like, I'm now, that's why, like, I've been throwing in, like, quesadillas. Maybe we'll do something with, like, churros. Like, yeah, maybe we'll other have to random switch it up. things. Because it gets really hard to just do, like, tacos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So we'll, we'll switch it up a little. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then we actually have some exciting news. We are officially launching for the one year anniversary our new logo. Woo! Shout out to uh, Bethany for changing it up for us. Really yeah. excited. Thanks, Bethany. It looks sweet. We are so excited to share it with you guys. Uh, sometimes it matters to people, sometimes it doesn't. I think it looks fucking cool, and I'm hype about yes. it. <laughs> I was so excited, and this was, like, we didn't even really, like, say anything that we wanted. She just kind of did her own thing, so I thought that was pretty cool, too. Yes, and it turned out so cool, so stay tuned. Um, I know Sid and I... <laughs> are still working on figuring out the best avenue to go to to switch our vendor and, like, site we're using for merch. Yes. So, I think we c- I I should have some time in my busy schedule to fit that in as a priority coming up here. Um, so, I'm sure we'll have that for you soon, too. But our big news is really, for now, just a logo. Don't be disappointed because then once the merch is up, we potentially could have both logos available. Yes. And some of our punny jokes that we share. <laughs> punny. I'm trying to be like a, I feel like this is not the right way, but like, you know how you see like the fast food restaurants and it shows like their original logo and then the yeah. logo that they had like 10 years later and then the logo that they had. This is what I'm trying to do. Have like an OG logo and then just how it has evolved over time. Well, I think we're pretty successful. We have an OG logo, and now we have a new one. Yes. Lit. I can't believe it. we, well, not quite. We've almost been here <laughs> a e- year. <laughs> Even, like, today. So, like, I think today on my time hop, it popped Same. up and it said, <laughs> Peyton and I have some big news. We're doing a podcast. Yeah, like, this time last year, we officially launched, like, our social media pages. Uh, so that was super exciting. This episode comes out the 29th. Um, our official, like, our first episode came out April 6th. So we're like, we've been doing this for a year. So <laughs> I think we're doing a lot better than we thought we would be doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I think we literally, th- well, at least I literally thought that it was just going to be, like, you and me. And, like, our parents listening to the podcast. Well, and my parents do listen. But <laughs> that we're not the only ones. So, thank you all. Um, 
And for those of you that don't follow us on social media, please, please like and subscribe or follow us on Facebook, Tacos and Tequila Podcast. You can see our new logo that's coming out. And we do try to keep up to date on some memes and fun stuff going on. So check us out there. Also on Instagram, uh, just Tacos and Tequila. Um, lots of cool stuff on there. You could shoot us a message. I try to respond as soon as possible, even if you just want to talk about some random stuff. I know I had somebody in there talking to me about the other true crime podcasts that they like, and they were binging all of the Crime Junkie episodes, like, from the beginning. And I was like, wow, I give you props for this. That's pretty intense. That is very intense. I just started today, uh... So I listened to Bailey Sarian's Dark History podcast, which, by the way, said if you don't listen to, totally up your alley. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to. Yeah, it's kind of wild. But then I was like, oh, I'll give her a listen on her other one. Well, she had switched some of her or has been switching some of her makeup and murder videos to audio only and uploading it as like a podcast so I'm like oh I'm gonna start binging that it's only October and I'm like oh I got a lot of catching up to do (laughs) last year so props to you for listening all the way from Crime Junkie from the beginning because that's like years of work it was like I think they said it was like they were starting at the 2018 episodes or something I was like holy shit that's like four years of weekly episodes man Sometimes I think about time. going back and re-listening to, like, a lot of them that I don't remember now. <laughs> um, but I would end up skipping a lot because I don't remember a lot of them. So, yeah. Yeah, That's I'm kind of like that with most of the podcasts that I listen to. Like, so I listen to a lot of, like, I do listen to true crime stuff, but I listen to a lot of, like, reality stars podcast too Ooh, <laughs> like, like what from podcast Bar- you listen to uh give them lala uh for vanderpump not rules su- not surprised <laughs> and i also listen to julia fox's oh my god We're yes talk off air here and what else oh i've been listening to um call her daddy recently she just had um Anna Delvey on there, so I had to listen to that one. <laughs> but I, like, pick, like, certain episodes. So, like, with them, they have, like, certain stars. So, like, I want to listen to, like, the one with Alexis Haynes and, like, the one with Jul- um, with Anna Delvey. And, like, there was an episode of Call Her Daddy with Jamie Lynn Spears. Like, those are the ones that I want to listen to. Like, I don't listen to all of them. I just pick certain Okay, ones. that's fair. So. I was going to say, I'm definitely... Uh... I don't, I'm not a fan of Julia Fox's at all. Um, but, yeah. I mean, also, to my defense, guys, don't come for me. I've been in love with Pete Davidson for the last five years. Um, I just want you to know that I've literally have text messages with friends when Kim started dating Pete. And it was like, everyone was talking about it. And they text me and be like, man, you told us all these years ago. <laughs> You liked him. He used to be the background of my phone like four years ago. TBT. Um, so I was obs- and I was obsessed with Pete Davidson. I was like, please just let him meet me and I will fix him and make him whole. <laughs> uh, which is a problem. But <laughs> his girl's a lawyer. Yeah. Well, don't worry. <laughs> um, I'm I'm very much in a happy relationship. I would more than likely not leave Jacob for Pete Davidson, but maybe. You well, definitely we don't would. Know. <laughs> you definitely would. I'm sure this will be a conversation after he listens to this episode, so. <laughs> I would tell him about it now. <laughs> I'm going to text him after this episode. <laughs> um, oh, shit. What were we talking about? Oh, we talked about our social medias. We have a website, too. It's tacosandtequiliapodcast.com. Check out links to all our episodes, all of our sources, and maybe I'll post for our one-year anniversary some new cute baby pictures. Sid, do you want to contribute? I would love to. Okay, maybe we'll do some new pictures for everyone to look at. 
I like our baby pictures. I think they're cute. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Just like, here I am. That's me. Summed up in a photo. Um, what are we forgetting? We also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating and or review. It helps us get noticed. It helps us feel good. It's kind of cool to just see them build and get bigger. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. That's what I was forgetting. (laughs) Um, Definitely helps us get more exposure and more people would be recommended to listen to us. So any ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. And I think that's it. Sid, do you have anything else? No, I think that's all. I think that's the whole spiel. Sweet. Well, thanks for tuning in for our official, unofficial one-year anniversary celebration. <laughs> um, woo, woo. That's, yeah, that's so freaking cool. We've made it this far. Thank you, everyone, for your support. And we'll talk to you next- yeah, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!